said and she said you need to pay attention If they make the comment then it's worth the mention Jamil and Shatora you know they got the scoop At work talking about what black people do If you ain't real then you probably won't feel this It's all facts you know they coming with the realness Or pettiness either way you are getting it Uncut, unfiltered, and unedited Lifting up the culture, you know how it's gotta be Making words work, give it to you tongue-in-cheek Forget that water cooler, we like tea sweet This is boss talk reserved for the B-sweet B-sweet, B-sweet Boss talk is reserved for the B-sweet B-sweet, B-sweet Cool it out or you'll end up on that B-sweet What's up, everybody, and welcome to the B Suite. It's the B Suite. It's the B Suite. Where I'm black Shatora. people talk about at work. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't used that tagline in forever, Shatora. What black people talk about at work. Yeah. This yeah. is what we do. Yeah. This is what we do. I mean, because listen, y'all, we be talking about some crazy stuff at work. We do. We There's do, a lot man. to talk about. It's, it's a whole lot to talk about. Like this year has been just like incredibly just. Just incredible with so many topics to talk about. And it's been amazing. Yeah, Yo, it's okay. been amazing. So, so I'm Jamil, by the way. I, I don't think we we heard you, but... Oh, yeah, hi, Jamil. Hey, what's up, Shatora? <laughs> Shot Dizzle, my girl. What's going on? Can't <laughs> nobody else say that, so watch yeah, your mouth. That's me. That's uh, all me. Um, so this weekend was Halloween, okay? Okay. And... Social media really put me on to like these chicks, these influencers have gone over the top. I'm, I'm doing air quotes, air right quotes now. with influencers. influencers. I mean, yeah. listen, yo, there's um these these two girls who do like all these makeup tutorials that mm. I follow. Two women, excuse me, who do makeup tutorials, and I follow them. And um, they always one was Mystique. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, she was amazing and oh, incredible. I'm about to say, you say like I'm not sure. Are you, is it like no, a good thing, bad thing? Amazing. Okay. I don't know how they put all this effort in, and you know, God bless them because I'm too lazy. Look, I'm a I'm a put a ponytail in and, and <laughs> say I'm a, a sprint. Listen, I'm a, just going to wrap a t-shirt around my face and say I'm a ninja. Listen, okay. the <laughs> the other the the other influencer, I can't remember exactly what she was, but I always think of them together because they're like besties and they're both insanely beautiful but whatever and they're both black so this other woman is black everybody's black right um her name is tabria majors okay okay let me tell you what she did she did a billowing where she was all things beyonce wow and let me tell you about this so it's like did other people come as beyonce or was it just her it was just her and she recreated like 10 Beyonce videos. That's scary, yo. It was <laughs> the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, I really felt like I was watching Beyonce. Mm. And on top of it all, she is not only beautiful and brilliant, because I also internet stalked her a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but she she's extremely talented and a plus-size model who really helps, like, I think is really important what she's doing to help women like just embracing their bodies in every form. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be any standard size to be Beyonce Mm -hmm. for Halloween. Like, let's go. That's, that's, that's that's amazing. I was just, you know, and I love that women are becoming more comfortable with the skin that they're in. You know what I mean? Uh, What I'm also realizing is that men kind of like that. 
No, absolutely. They kind of like, like that the authenticity, more than... man. It's just like it's amazing. You know, like you don't yeah. feel like that you have to conform to any no. any standards. They any, like the curves. Any wax standards of beauty. Right. You know? So they are loving. I love that. They are loving the curves and just the women with confidence in their bodies and and it's not even about men, honestly. Like it's really just about women loving themselves and fully blossoming into their true potential. And yeah. I mean, I just. I'm in awe at the creativity that I see um, a lot on social media. It is incredible because I'm not the most creative person like that. I'm not. Did the you most do anything expressive. for Halloween? Uh, I, well, I I went to a a very small gathering um, with my friends who um, they have kids. Okay. So you know, the, I just went for the food. But I was typical black ass. I was, I was a typical black ass. My homegirl, she's Puerto Rican, and she made pernil. I can never say it right, pernil. But it's, it. listen, it's pork, and oh, a lot of I us don't, don't eat that. Don't want it. Yeah, I'm not a, the biggest pork eater, but I will break it for that. Oh, pernil, pernil, pernil. That I'm okay. gonna get roasted for right. my try to say that. But oh my goodness, it was so good. Um, and I was, I was quite literally black girl magic. Okay. So um, I wore a shirt. You always said, black girl magic, though. Well, I wore a shirt that said "Black Girl Magic." Oh, okay. And, so uh, now you're extra black girl magic. Yeah, I had a Maya Angelou pin on. Okay. And I held uh, Michelle Obama's book, so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. my attempt at a costume. That's what's up. But, <laughs> that's awesome. But yes, how about you? I didn't do absolutely anything for yeah. Halloween. I was chilling. Uh, I think I went out to eat or something. But yeah. yeah, I just I wasn't in the spirit. Like honestly, I still I'm not super comfortable with being around a lot of people. Still, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, I see these. You know, this stuff is happening to too many people. Too many people uh, catching COVID and such. Yeah. People close to me and yeah. like I'm I'm good on that. Yeah, I'm good on that, beloved. You know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it though because. I'm like next year. I definitely want to do something. I just hope everything is open next year. But we'll see. like outside is open. But yeah. I definitely want to do something because I just have all of these dope ass ideas. I actually no no Friday night. I went to my uh, my homeboy had a, his birthday party. It was like a, a masquerade type situation. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So and it was cool. It wasn't a, a ton of people there. You know what I mean? And I everybody had their masquerade. I I painted my face I, I was you don't remember the movie dead presidents yeah i was yeah, that's what i did Ooh, yeah. picks or it didn't happen huh picks or it didn't happen i got a i got a couple stuff okay. on my ig okay yeah. it'll go up on social yeah it Thanks. was hard to, hard as hell to get that stuff off my face though <laughs> did you, sally do it no nah, no nah, she she didn't go like i was i was just i was dull how'd you day. get it on i just i did it myself i painted oh. it yeah. Okay, Renaissance. Listen, I've been around Man. her long enough to make up artists, you know what I'm saying? So I got to learn something being around her for as long as I have been. You know, oh, so. my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, listen, Jay, I am so excited. I think you know how excited listen, I am. Listen, we've been trying to we've been uh, trying to work this out for a long time. We've been trying to we've been trying I think, to finesse. Honestly, let me say this. We, you know, we've had some dope guests on, on our on, <laughs> we've on had our some podcast. Amazing guests, and you know, I think one of our biggest guests we've had uh, to date was like Sean King. Yeah, you know, and shout out to Sean King and all the stuff that he's doing. Yeah, shout but, out to Sean King. Um, but I think um, our guest today is probably the biggest that we've had since Sean King. And I know we've been oh, working on her no for such a long period doubt. of time. So yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been stalking her for quite some time, and. 
finessed a way for us to be able to work on a project together through my office. Mm -hmm. Um, And ever since, just like, you know, we we talked on the phone for a little bit and we just connected over being black professional women and, you know, navigating our respective fields. But um, I would like to read her bio and then introduce her because everyone needs to know who she is. And if you don't know who she is, well, you about to find out. You should see her face right now. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, her name is Raven Baxter, also known as Raven the Science Maven. She is an internationally acclaimed science communicator and molecular biologist who works to progress the state of science culture by creating spaces that are inclusive, educational, and real. She is recognized as a global influencer in Fortune Magazine's 40 Under 40 list for the year 2020. Raven is also known for her unique style of combining science, music, and cultural awareness as an entertaining content creator and musician. She creates STEM-themed music that teaches and empowers both students and professionals in the STEM and beyond. She speaks internationally to students, educators, and leaders about the importance of STEM diversity and innovation in science education. She is the founder of Science Haven, which houses projects and initiatives such as Stembassy, a web series that connects the public with science and technology professionals in a weekly live show. She is also the founder of Black in Science Communication, an organization that works to build relationships in the science community, equipping others with the knowledge and resources necessary to share science with the world in their own flavor. And, you know, she's like the next Issa Rae. Like, she's just going to blow up and leave us behind when she goes into the stratosphere. (laughs) Is that right? Is this the stratosphere? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Raven (laughs) Baxter, a.k.a. the Science Raven. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is like, this is already super dope. I'm loving the vibes, the energy, you know. We we really appreciate you coming on to the show. Like I said, we've been trying to get you on for a little bit now. I know Shatora first uh, brought you to my attention um, several months ago. I mean, I know she had mentioned it through a project that, you know, you guys were working on together. And she was like, yo, Jamil, you, you you know, we got to get this girl on our show. And just doing my research on you. And I'm just like, yo. This girl is like effing dope, man. And like, oh and the crazy God. thing is, like, she's black and she's doing all of these amazing things, and she's under the age of thirty. Like, oh my she's God, just, it's just, it's she's ama- just, it's just, she's oozing black oh, girl she's magic. Just, she is the <laughs> embodiment of black girl magic. Yes, she is. Um, and I this just, is exciting to have her on. I'm so excited. Do you want to say anything before we just dive in? Um, <clears throat> I'm ready to just dive in. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Um, okay, so uh, first, I just want to talk about a little bit about your ba- background. Can you tell us where you're from and how you got into the STEM fields? I was born here in Buffalo, New York, and I was partially raised here. Um, I also spent some time in Greensboro and Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And then I came back up here for high school and never left. So I went to college here. Um, I got all of my degrees here. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I, and people ask me all the time, how did I get into science? I feel like I just popped out the womb as a scientist. I'm not going to lie. Like, there was never really a point in my life where I didn't consider science mm. as a career. Um, I guess maybe from, I could say, <clears throat> from childhood, maybe my love for science became more specific. 
And to the point where I am now a molecular biologist. I study molecules. Like that's, that's crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. So were you ever like exposed to, to things like at, at a young age? Because oftentimes, you know, you don't hear that too much coming out of our community, right? People who are into sciences, especially the type of sciences that you're into. So kind of talk about that a bit. Like what was your exposure like to that as, as a young person that really kind of sparked your interest in, in, into this field? I feel like I'm blessed in that I never really cared what anybody thought of me, like mm -hmm. even from a young age. Yes. And I was <laughs> naturally curious about the world around me. I had 511 questions about this and that and the third and X and Y and Z. And I would ask them all, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, And I wanted answers. And sometimes the adults around me couldn't give me answers. Like, dang, mom, why is the sky blue? Girl, I don't know. Go get you a book from the library and you tell me, you know, why the sky is blue. And like, that's the kind of that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. Um, and then when I think about my early childhood and how I was in school, I was very naturally gifted. I was actually reading at the age of three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like and reading, reading like books. Yeah. Not wow. no ABCs. Yeah. You know, I was reading books at three. So you imagine by the time I'm seven, I done read you know, a ton of books and I'm just constantly have a thirst for information. But like I would have kids also making fun of me because I was so smart. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, when I was the first person done with my little spelling test or my little quiz in class, people would like throw stuff at me. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, people will try to clown me out of being smart, which is wow. crazy. Jokes on them. Right. That used to, ha yo, honestly, that used to happen to me too. When I was younger, I yeah. used to get accused of like, Oh, you you sound white, or you know you you know you're trying to be white. You corny, and you're corny, yeah. and you know who do you think you are because you're smart, and and now like those same folks, it's like, Jamil, I always knew you were gonna make it. <laughs> like, yeah, get the, like okay. get out of here, yo. You know, so so I can I can definitely <laughs> understand, I can empathize and understand where you're coming from with that for sure. You know. Well, so how did that? What what made you steadfast in your pursuit of STEM? Because I know for a lot of women and, and people of color, we are conditioned out of the hard sciences because of how we're socialized. So it was not lost on you. They tried to come for you, but you aren't somebody who can be caught. So Yeah, I mean, like... I've always just been so focused on my curiosity for the world that it never really made sense to me to even consider what anybody else had to say about that, okay. you know, because I knew it was coming from within, right? Yeah. It was, there was no other option for me because I was really truly doing what I genuinely was interested in doing. Like, mm -hmm. how, why would I consider anything that doesn't feel natural to me, yeah. like, regardless of what, what anybody has to say about it? So mm -hmm. I will say, like, I don't want to call that naivety because I really think it was just me being true to myself. But I also had like major hater blockers on. Like I couldn't even see the haters. Ooh. You know, like Ooh. I really couldn't. I love that. Oh I didn't, I didn't even know they were there. Wow. you're so bright. I Dang. was, I just couldn't see them. So I just was moving in that sense. Like as if I had no enemies, as if nobody was in my way. And I truly do feel like that was how I got to where I am today. But like, that was only my experience up until I 
finished my master's degree. So, you know, that's a miracle that I even made it that far, you mm -hmm. know. And that's, having... that's the master's in molecular biology? Mm -hmm. Wow. But so after I got my master's, I went into a corporate position as a scientist mm -hmm. where, you know, like I worked my whole life basically to get to this point and now I'm a, an official scientist, right? That's mm -hmm. my job title. Mm -hmm. I'm a scientist um, doing cancer research and wow. like finding new drugs to treat diseases and stuff like that. Um, and that is when the hater blockers shoot like <laughs> flew off my face, and I was like, "Oh, this is not gonna be you know the same experience I had growing up, you know, where everything is like rainbows and sunshine." To me, at least, you know, me just frolicking through the fields of science. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like getting slammed in the walls. I was like getting. Being drowned, like yeah, talk can, about yeah, that a can bit. Can you talk yeah, about that? Like how? Yeah. When yeah. was your first? Maybe what's the first thing you remember happening in the corporate world that really lets you know? Oh, this shit is different. <laughs> um, well, I want to preface this by saying like I've existed in predominantly white in environments my entire life. Same. Like, same. So yeah. I, although I was born in Buffalo, which is a very flavorful and ethnic city. I was raised in the suburbs right. of Buffalo, which is right. Williamsville, which is where the white folks are at. Right. And not just the regular white folks, the uppity white folks. The uppity mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. 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 Nah, they don't right. leave and they don't leave their little town either. So they don't it's nah. everything everything's out they, there. Yeah, yeah, they have everything. Honestly. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Except for the flavor. But right. I'm not gonna get <laughs> right, right, right. Um but that's where I grew up. And yeah. I actually didn't have many negative experiences out there. You know, although I was a racial minority, people didn't treat me bad. Yeah. So I had no reason to be like, hmm, I don't like these folks because right. they will treat me fine. Right. I, you know, right. I made friends. I thrived. I was good. And so um, I also went to predominantly white institutions for college mm -hmm. and undergrad and grad school. And my mentors in college were white men. Never had any issues there. They supported me the best way they could. You know, they never steered me in the wow. wrong direction. That's not usual. That's not that's no. not usual. But I think you know, kind of like having been raised around white people mm -hmm. in my childhood prepared mm -hmm. me to have interactions with white adults on that on that level. Mm -hmm. I was never intimidated by like oh, I'm talking to a white man. You know, yeah. like yeah. it was just like okay, hi Fred. You know. <laughs> I need some academic advice. What What's up? up? Mm. Yeah. You know? And um, they were they were usually like mutually beneficial relationships for me. So think about me having those experiences throughout childhood, even throughout my early adulthood. And then I'm working in corporate, right? I've earned my position. I have the credentials. I passed my interview. I was hired. And then for people to like blatantly treat me as if I didn't belong there, mm. you know, even though I was equally qualified and met the same measures as everyone else, mm -hmm. didn't make sense to me. And I really felt it like, cause I'm a very social person. I've never been somebody who had trouble making friends or had trouble talking to people, you know, interacting and like forming bonds and friendships. So I was ready and willing and open to do that once I got into that job where I was working as a scientist, but other people weren't reciprocating that. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I would walk into situations where I'm trying to make small talk with people, like in the lab, we run an experiments and you know, these experiments, they don't happen fast. Like we, we standing around at the, at the lab bench for hours, like just watching, you know, a line move or, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, pipette and something from one dish to another. And people would, 
talk to each other, you know? Oh, hey, how's your family doing? How's Bobby, you know? Yeah. Want to do something at the work? Grab a beer, some yeah. shit. And <laughs> I was never a part of those conversations. Nobody cared about me. Like, nobody wow. took the time to get to know me as a person because they, they really didn't see me as a person. And I wow. found that out because um, I was, one, I was the only black person almost in the building. Right. It's like a seven-story building. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only other black people in the building were the security guard on the first floor and the janitor. Wow. I knew you was going to say I knew she was going to say I mean, say yeah, that. I yeah. Just, yeah. I know. Like, yeah. it's frustrating. And so, um, but the day they hired the janitor that I just talked about, one of my coworkers turned to me and she was like, you should be happy because. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> right, here we go. Oh, sh- oh. Ah. Y'all not ready. <laughs> What'd she say? You should be happy because you won't be the token black anymore. <gasps> Wow. Oh, Chile. Oh, yeah. no. We got to go. We right now. Yeah. We right now. Sorry. Podcast <laughs> over. Let's go, Raven. Yeah. We got go somebody go to mark. <laughs> we got somebody yep. to mark. What? I, she said I should be happy because I wouldn't be the token black anymore. And what was her persuasion? Of course. Oh, very much ca- Caucasian. Okay. Caucasoid. <laughs> <laughs> a Caucasoid said this. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, and that really hurt my feelings, right? Because, mm. like, look, you know, and I like to tell people that this hurt my feelings because we often, as black women, have to present as strong and, like, mm-hmm. nobody can shake me, nobody can rock me. This bitch hurt my feelings, okay? Yes. I was crying. Yeah. All right? I was not okay. Oh, but we don't get the same treatment when we cry. The, no, we're we're aggressive, we're dramatic, we're all these things. When they cry, well, she only slapped you three times. Oh. You didn't have to tell her to stop like that. You know, it's like they could cross every boundary, but when we stand up for ourselves, we're the aggressor. It's... So difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That's why diversity in the workplace is absolutely crucial. But go ahead. And I and I like to tell people that, like, you know, she made me upset. I was crying. I was hurt. Good for you. Right? Yeah. And but she didn't think and I didn't cry in front of her. I cried after she left. But she before she left, she was just like she had no idea that that was something wrong to say. She was just like you know, she laughed and she just kind of like, yay, another black person at the job. Like, went to her But that's desk. how they see black people. Yeah. I mean, that is just, the, yeah. It, it, yeah. And like, but stuff like that continued to happen, though. That wasn't the only instance where at my job I felt like I didn't belong. But that was probably one of the only times that somebody very explicitly said something about my blackness that made me feel like I didn't belong. And um, And you will never forget it. I will never forget (laughs) it. Absolutely not. How does it make you move now? You know, because because obviously we like how you move, girl. Yeah, (laughs) because you're moving in in an incredible way right now. But, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, coming up, you didn't really have to. You know, you didn't experience a lot of those 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 microaggressions and such. But you know, then now all of a sudden you you're presented in the workplace and you have, uh, you know, an individual who you know says some some out of pocket shit like that. Like so, like well, so, how does how how did how does it form your per, your perspective now? So or how did it form your perspective now? It took another incident for me to 
figure out how I was going to move. Okay. Like the incident I just described with, with the woman being ignorant wasn't the first time. Well, it was the first time, but it wasn't the last time. And it wasn't like the, the like life changing moment for me per se. It was like an accumulation of those moments. So mm. like, um, I also want to say I did kind of like that job a lot. You know, I loved my job. I didn't like the people necessarily. Mm. They weren't yeah. treating me right. Yeah. But I, I also, you know, I'm hoping that the culture in that type of like research environment improves because I do want more black women to get, get into those areas, you know, but they, they, the culture is not strong enough to retain us. It really is not. Um, and that's why that's what I'm actively working on. So anybody who is interested in STEM, if you're looking to have a research career, please just continue to apply, but also just do your research and try to find a company that has a good work culture. Um, anyways, so after I figured out that that job was not for me, that location was not for me rather, because I definitely was doing fine at the work, um, I switched fields. So I went to go into education. Yeah. And I worked at a community college okay. that should not be named. Okay. And <laughs> um, I loved that job. I was teaching biology. And y'all live in, in Buffalo. You know which school I'm talking about. It's a very diverse school. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of people from all types of walks in life, from recent graduates to grandmothers to refugees to people, like, native to Buffalo and, like, beyond going to school there, just trying to, you know, get their education, their life together. And so teaching there was really fun. Um, I learned a lot about myself. Um, and the kids really liked me. You know, they, they really of loved Of course seeing, they did. Yeah, but, yeah. like, they, they loved when I would walk in the classroom, they would think I'm a student. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be at the podium, like, okay, like, here's y'all syllabus. They'd be like, what? <laughs> Stop playing. I'm like, I'm not playing. It's just syllabus. I'm your professor. And they, they would fall out. Um, and not just the people who look like me, like literally everybody was hyped to see a black woman, a young black woman, like as a professor. Yeah. Especially a science professor. Absolutely. But <laughs> let me tell you who wasn't. Yeah. Um, one of my coworkers actually stopped me. Um, they were, I was trying to check my mail. It was like one of my first days at work and it was my first time like checking my mail. And so I'm in the mail room and I am looking for where my mail is. And this person is also in the room and I've never met them. Like yeah. I'm new. Yeah. So when I can't find my mailbox, they they're like looking at me like I'm suspect. And I'm like, Hi, you know, what's up? Yeah. It's, She's like, what are you doing in here? You don't belong here. Because the mailroom is such a sacred place to be in. Okay. You got to be uh, consecrated to get into. <laughs> exactly. So basically, she's approaching me as if I'm a suspect, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to be there. And she really wanted to get me out of there. Yeah. But I'm there to get my mail. Right. Right. And I'm like, get out of my face. Right. Like, please. Right. I really, we really don't need to have this interaction right now. Um. But she wasn't listening to me telling her that I was a faculty member there, like, just like she was. Um, what she wanted to do was check my identification. So I did. You know, I'm like, okay, we've never met. 
this is awkward. It's going to be awkward for you because you're going to look at my ID. And when you see that it says biology faculty, you're going to be embarrassed, right? Right. No. No. Wrong. She wasn't embarrassed. Right. She thought it was fake. Oh, wow. wow. She thought my ID was fake. Because, wow. like, I, I'm just so, I'm such confusion because who in their right mind is going to put that much effort into making a fake badge at a community college to check a mailbox? Hello. Hello. Yeah. So. I kind of just want to out them right now. But yeah. no, no, we're not, no, not, not going to do that. We're, we're not going to roll out again. Like, come on, like, man. Go get the directory. Ah, damn. The directory. <laughs> um, no, she's good. She's good. I actually saw her the other day. <laughs> right. um, which is interesting. And you done moved all the way up, right? Yeah. But um, so when she thought that my ID was fake, she said she was going to call the cops. Oh, and but her- that's a whole different issue. And thank you, New York State and Governor Cuomo, for signing into law anytime you make a race based call to 911 that's false. That's a crime now. That's a now. crime, y'all. Y'all ass so, going to jail. Can we get the sound on that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what they roll up. That's what it's going to sound like. Period. Absolutely. But, I mean, they wow. They put you in the back seat. Absolutely. So, so, all, so all of this, right, you've overcome so many systemic social issues that have been put in place, especially for black women to enter into these fields and let alone like just gender, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's gender issues too, but we all know as black women, we're black first and women second, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these things happen, but like for me, I'm sitting across from black, uh, from Raven, the science Raven. I was about to say black girl magic, that but too. that too, that too. But like, I'm sitting across from somebody who I've admired can I just tell you, I, I just want to tell everybody, like, so I am more of like a, a a private person. I've been ingrained with like shame throughout my life, you know, like uh, just to, you know, just what happens at home stays at home. Like, you know, you're not important, whatever. Anyway, so to see a black woman who's not only brilliant, but also so embraces herself and her sexuality and black culture. And to leverage that to help other black people and black women and black girls, Mm -hmm. like that is, that is so meaningful to me. I take, I take so much pride in what you're doing because I, first of all, don't think I could do it. But second of all, I don't think, well, like I said, I don't think I'm that creative, right? But I also think that it shows just how dynamic black women can be. Yes. Because you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a scientist, you're a model, you like, you're a character, and you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> she's a whole brand, man. She well, no, she's she a is. Whole brand. <laughs> like that's not even a joke. No, like, that's, it's that's that's facts. dead ass facts. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like embarrassing you now. I'm dying. I'm sorry. Like, oh my god. Be- but like, it's just it's a gush because um, I just I fully appreciate women who black women who are just incredibly them, right? And so, how do you get from a 
you know, corporate America can really beat the snot out of you. Okay. It can take the life out of you and it can reinforce all of the negative things that we've been taught about ourselves through the media, through social conditioning, mm -hmm. and maybe even through family and intimate partner relationships. So how do you not, o not only like overcome that corporate America hurdle, but take that and do what you're doing? Well, so the story I just told you, the reason why the woman was calling the cops on me because she actually told me that I didn't look like I could work there. Yeah, because you're black yeah. and you're young and you're beautiful. No, you can't. Yeah. So that, that was her reason, though. That was her verbal reason. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like, you don't. Yeah. So, but also, excuse what's my crime? Also that. But like I took that. That was my life-changing moment like yeah. the minute literally the minute that she said you don't look like you could work here i was like huh something in my head was like ding and i'm like oh i'm about to show all these motherfuckers like who the fuck does science because i don't know what you thought but you need to see something different because you you haven't seen me you haven't seen women who look like me doing this but we out here yeah we are really out here yeah and like what you just talked about you know all the things that I embody, I recognize that as black women, I've never really verbalized this before, but I had some time to sit on this. As black women, we are loved like in a compartmentalized oh, way. Oh, child, say it again. So people, you know, would never love Oprah the same way they love Meg Thee Stallion. Because no. they can't imagine those two being the same entity. The same, right? No, yeah. right? They can't imagine Oprah at home twerking to Meg Thee Stallion. <laughs> but, but I, I bet, bet you she, she does. Is. Yeah. Okay. Oprah got the Megan knees too. <laughs> she got the <laughs> Megan knees. Okay. She got the, all the doctors, all the injections. Okay. <laughs> we know you're getting them cortisone injections. All right. She's bionic at this point. She got, you know, all kinds of parts. Period. Sure. <laughs> Period. Mm -hmm. Rich as hell. Rich as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we love you, Oprah. With, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm a manifest you love my Oprah. own Oprah. But yeah, we gonna be mm -hmm. on Oprah one day. Mm -hmm. But go ahead. But like, so you know, with that type of mindset, understanding all the different roles that we play in society as Black women, and all the expectations of those roles, you know, through our race and our gender, we are in some serious boxes, mm -hmm. like where we live most of our day in our lives not fully expressing who we are or like really just that not not being our unapologetic selves and that's like a jail it is a jail mm. i um i recently well i'll just say it, there's going to be a lot of confusion but i've been dating people are going to be like what anyways to the streets again we'll do a press release later <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm to the streets it is at girl daddy um anyways yes. <laughs> um but and and one guy he actually said to me you know he did something that made me upset and um unintentionally and I was like you know, I think I said like that hurt my feelings. And he actually said to me, I guess I, I didn't think somebody like you could get hurt. Oh, and next. I said, do I not live? Do I not breathe? 
Do okay. I not bleed? So, and I think as black women and and women, black women who have reached a measure of success, black women who have a certain level of self-confidence and notoriety, mm-hmm. we are not seen as women. Like, I am still soft. I am, I would still like to have some um, leadership in my life and someone to care and like all of those things. And I think it just, it blows my mind and trust and believe that was not the first time I heard a man say that to me. Right. I, th- and it won't be the last, I'm sure. But Raven, that stresses me out. It, <laughs> I'm stressed. But it's a whole word. What you just said was a whole word about how we have to live our lives compartmentalized mm-hmm. and we can't even fully be fully expressive because we've been gaslit to believe that like we're strong and we can overcome it. Like I fuck the the strong black woman trope. Yeah, nope. Fuck that. Like I mean, yes, I'm strong. Yes, I'm black and yes, I'm a woman, but I'm much more than that. So, do you guys see that changing at all? Do you do you guys see like the you know black women being able to be more vulnerable? You yeah, know? it's a choice though. Like it's a choice that a we choice. have to make. We have to be aware enough to make it yeah. though, because yeah. we've been conditioned to operate and move in this certain way yeah. that many of us don't even consider. Dang, I could choose to be vulnerable. Like I can choose to be like show my multi-dimensionality is a big ass word mm-hmm. um but like i can choose to show people who i am and and it's okay to be who i am i'm the one thing that i'm scared about and this is my thing this is not a world thing but like is our is the world ready for us to be fully vulnerable and really that who cares at the end of the day <laughs> who cares but mm-hmm. you know we w- what i have seen is like and this is me this is this is not everything but like you know when I am softer when I am more vulnerable it's not always really received well it's Mm -hmm. like it like do you think I'm trying to manipulate you (laughs) do you think I want something from you no this is really just me being who I am Mm -hmm. so I think as black boys heal and black girls reveal we will we will get there. Ooh. One thing that I've been really proud of is that um, a lot of my guy friends are in therapy and they're open about it. But they're therapy all is just, amazing. Therapy is amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I was in therapy last last year around this time, actually. Yeah. And it was probably one of the best things that I could have done for myself. Um, Your loved ones. My loved ones. Absolutely. You know, it just it, it helped you know, bring me to a certain level of enlightenment and, and just really knowing myself mm-hmm. a little more yes. and kind of digging really deep and Oof. into a lot of the issues that I had that Oof. I carried with me yes. for 30 plus years of my life, you know, um, and allow me just to start to let things go. We just talked about that. Yeah. You know, you, you, you heal what you reveal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was able to uh, have a lot of healing take place. And, th- I, and I listen, credit therapy for that. A therapized, a therapized man is you can like immediately tell the difference. Yeah. And maybe he's not therapized, but maybe he's just self-aware and a spiritual man. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean religious. Let's be clear. So you know, um, that's a beautiful thing. But I'm. I re- we really got off 
what you were saying. I totally forgot. You you were just saying about how we live in boxes and and we're in jail by not being able to reveal ourselves. So yeah, I mean, I act. I'm very aware of that, and every move I make is against that. Yeah, pretty much. And so, with that being said, you know, my knee jerk reaction, which might seem extreme, but you know, it worked out for me in the long run. (laughs) Um, But my knee jerk reaction to what this woman said when she told me that I didn't look like I basically was a scientist was to remix Meg the Stallion's <laughs> big old freak into a science song and like the What's visuals for her song for her music video as well for that song which was like you know beautiful women confident with themselves and and just celebrating what they're what they're passionate about, you know. Megan's passionate about being a big old freak, and that's her thing. I'm passionate about being a big old geek, and that's my thing. <laughs> Amen. You know. Yeah, and that's not the only parody you've done of rap songs to turn it stem facing. I'm, I'm trying to get her to spit today. I, I know she. I know she doesn't want to. I've literally. I know she's she not going to do it. I know she's literally. not going to do it. But you I'm guys got to. You guys. You guys have to hear. Um, and, and, you know, we might include it um, in the podcast as well. But you guys have to hear. Uh, just a lot of the stuff that she's doing. One of my favorites is the one that I think that went viral is the the one to wipe me down, the remix to wipe yeah, me down when yeah. she did that for COVID. Yeah, it was it was COVID edition yeah. of wipe me down, and it was it was just it was super super dope, you know. So um, we got a we got a few minutes left, but um, and I know we haven't really talked a lot about just all. I mean, because there's so many. I mean, we could sit here all day and just just talk about all of your accomplishments and just all the great things that you're doing, but. You've recently been recognized um, for all of the great things that you're doing by so many different publications and entities and such, um, you know, through the, you know, the, the music stuff that you're doing. Uh, what was it? Fortune 40 under 40 this year. Uh, shameless plug, Changemakers 30 under 30 that's hey. coming up November 20th. <clears throat> so, um, you know, just kind of talk about that a bit, you know, like how, you know, you've had an amazing year despite all of the craziness that's been going on with, with 2020, because this has just been a year for everyone. Can yeah. just kind of talk about like, just how, how all this stuff makes you feel like to be recognized, uh, you know, in, in the midst of all of the, the craziness that's been going on. You know, I think what's so cool about all of this is that I did this while being my black ass. So, yes, you yes. know, yes, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, you get all of the sound effects for, that. for me. Like, you get all of the sound Ooh. effects for that. Come on. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, and it being received well, you know, and and not in a way where I'm being tokenized, not in a way where like people are like, oh, that's a black girl doing her black thing, you know, like I'm educating people. I'm an educated woman. And I am educating you through my own voice and my cultural lens. And that's being appreciated. That's being awarded, rewarded, and celebrated um, throughout, I mean, really worldwide. Like, not just in the black community, but, like, literally worldwide. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important for this to happen because it says that 
we don't have to live in these false narratives to be Amen. successful. Amen. You know, and you know, you don't have to be blackity black. I'm black, y'all. But like, just be yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't have to whitewash yourself to exist in corporate, for example, or you don't have to play your your blackness down for anybody to be taken seriously, right? Right, and and to receive recognition in the world. And I'm not saying that my experience is universal. Like, I'm not saying you could do what I do and have the same results. But like, also feel free to live as yourself. And well, also though, what you did was authentic to you, right? And you understood who you were. You weren't trying to be somebody else. You were. You were being your authentic Raven self and you had a purpose. Right. And you just manifested your purpose. That's all you did. And you you did it fun with a good beat. So Thank you. Hey. Can I can I ask you one last question? You can ask me a million questions. <laughs> yeah. What does being black mean to you? Ooh, that's a good question. And let's see if I can answer this. Um what does being black mean to me? Hmm. It means a lot. Like, it's hard to even create a statement. Like, it's just who I am. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that as I'm, especially this year, I've had to, to explain to people what it means to be black. You know, with all that's going on affecting our community especially as I'm moving into like this STEM space as a thought leader, I did not want to do that in a way where people didn't recognize my blackness. So I've at this point in several, at several different points during this year, I've had to, you know, rephrase my statement on my blackness, right? As more and more people are paying attention to my platform, like, Oh, she's a science person. I'm like, and I'm black, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, what I've said, you know, is that I come from a people who, um, due to the, due to the ways that society has been built and constructed by people who do not look like us, um, have endured hardships and injustices, but... We laugh through it, we celebrate through it, we love through it, and we are a healing people. Yeah. Like, we are healing through it. We are healing it. people, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I, I always affirm that, you know. And that's what being black means to me. I'm, I'm also an optimist. I also want to say that. So, you know, my definition is probably going to be a little different from other people's definitions. Yeah. But I celebrate my blackness. And I recognize that, you know, <laughs> what we're going through is not necessarily things that we created. You mm -hmm. know, we, we're we doing the best with what we have mm -hmm. in the time that we've had to, to repair. Mm -hmm. You know, is the civil rights movement just, and it's really still happening. It's still going it's on. It's still right happening. Now. It's, it's absolutely still like, going on. It's a modern version of it. So, so you know, our culture is still defining itself over and over again. Yeah. Right. And so I'm loving my journey with my blackness. I feel like I'm I'm growing with it um, as I reflect on it yeah. and its role in my life. Um, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm learning how to carry it with me, you know, yeah. into these different spaces and and 
carry it with me in a way that people learn to love my blackness, whether mm. they're black or not. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so dope. I love it. That's so, so dope. Listen, we, um, you know, run out of time and we so appreciate you for coming on and <laughs> we got to have you back. Oh we gosh. definitely got to have you part back, two, man. Shenanigans part two, listen, yeah, absolutely. And, and when we get you back next time, you know, listen, <laughs> we're going to, we're going we, we, we to have to get you to perform live. So I just get ready for know. it. <laughs> just get ready for um, it. I'm sure we got to talk to her agent. Yeah, first. right. <laughs> Cut the check. Right. Y'all are going to have more tunes soon because I'm going to be rapping on my TV show. Oh, that's super dope. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. So how can people find you online, website? Can just plug all your information so people can connect with you? Okay. So my I'm on Instagram at Raven the Science Maven and Facebook at Raven the Science Maven. I'm on Twitter at Raven Sci Maven. I'm on TikTok at Science Maven. Ooh. I'm on YouTube at Raven the Science Maven. And I'm on the internet, uh, my website is www.scimaven.com. I think that's it. I'm enjoying TikTok just to yeah. watch your TikTok. <laughs> my TikToks. It's probably popping. Oh it's my probably God. super so popping. I'd be going off on TikTok. Yeah, it's probably super popping. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to join TikTok just to watch. I'd be talking about all the issues. Yeah. You know, well, we need that. We need that. We need those conversations. You know, yeah. and, and, and the way that you do it is entertaining. You know, at the same time, it's enlightening. So, um, Raven, you, thank you. You're thank the you. manifestation of leveraging your talents and the fact that you have achieved so much notoriety. The success was all always there, but the recognition during COVID-19 shows that you're really leaning into your purpose and God, the universe, whatever you want to call it is paying attention um, and smiling on you and, and everything that you do. So I, I'm tingling because I'm so glad that we got to meet in person. Yeah. I fell in love with you on the internet and now we're here in real life together. I wish you nothing but success and continue to do what you're doing because it matters. It matters a lot. And you matter. And you matter. You matter we matter. <laughs> we absolutely hey. matter. It's a great way to end this. So yeah. thank you so much again, uh, Raven, uh, for coming on. Uh, Sha Dizzle has always been been real uh, um, to be able to, to get with you. And Absolutely. Yeah, Don't so. forget, everybody, go like and subscribe. We're on Instagram at be sweet podcast yep. on facebook at the be sweet podcast yep. and at www dot dot com dot com yeah, make sure y'all follow us rate and subscribe to the podcast on all of the major streaming platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify iheart radio and many many more so again right. thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of this podcast and we will see you guys next time peace peace